Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with Mark Francis with Ducks Unlimited. Also, Leah Olson with the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute will stop by to talk about the closure of their portage location. And up first in today's country comments, I'll talk with Kim Brown Livingston, the province's wheat specialist. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston. You know, we've had obviously lots of moisture everywhere across the province and we've had some pretty good heat. So the weeds have really been growing and uh, really kind of getting a jump uh, um, on eh, ahead of the crop sometimes and, and right along with the crop. It just depends. All over, We're kind of all over the board for crop staging. So uh, it's been challenging. The last week or so has been quite windy. There's been a lot of windy days. Um, so it's been challenging to get the spraying done, um, you know, when there's uh, a low probability of drift. Uh, but, you know, in general, I think the sprayers have been able to keep up. Our, our farmers are used to putting in long hours and you know, they're able to keep up with the spraying, but it's kind of been a bit of a race this last week because of the rapid weed growth. Talk a little bit about um, just the wet field conditions and some of the challenges there. Yeah, it's been wet. So, you know, there's um, some rutted up fields. You know, I'm sure there's been loads of sprayers getting stuck or getting almost stuck and um, leaving those big ruts behind. Also, too, in the wet areas of the field, you know, they just can't get in there to spray. Uh, if it's so wet that you can't get in there to spray, there's maybe not a lot of crop growth either, but sometimes, you know, the weeds are there and we do want to get those cleaned up. So it's been a bit challenging that way, um, you know, just having to be really careful with the wet areas in the field and not wanting to make a mess and trying to get the herbicide on, you know, everywhere to, to take care of all the weeds. But it's it's been definitely a challenging week. But like I said, for the most part, our sprayers have been able to keep up. Our, our farmers are used to working some pretty long hours. Uh, something you mentioned uh, in the report here, uh, just some some shortages of some products. Yeah, there's been product shortages going on for a little a while now, and and you know particularly glufosinate, which is you know better known as Liberty, and uh, and also glyphosate or our Roundup products, and so they've been in short supply um, for for a while. It's been very tight, and just with the amount of um, uh, glufosinate tolerant canola that we grow in the province, it's been really challenging to get the supplies when you need them to get that canola sprayed. Uh, with the rapid weed growth, we also have rapid crop growth. And so guys are wanting to get, you know, those sprays on um, at the appropriate timing for the crop and before that crop gets too big and well, before the weeds get too big as well because um, they're a lot harder to kill when they get big. Um, so it's been, that's been challenging and that's been a supply issue that's been ongoing for quite a while. And it was, you know, really this last week or so has been really, really tight getting the, the Liberty and the glufosinate where you needed it. And um, yeah, I guess overall, just what are some of the weeds that, uh, that are the big concerns right now? Yeah. Well, in a wet year, we see different weeds and then we see in the dry years. And so we've seen, you know, lots of reports of round leaf mallow, like in really, really big plants. And, you know, uh, some of those plants are so large, it's going to be really tough to control them with the herbicides. Hopefully we kind of knock them back a bit and, and slow them down. And uh, But there's some really large plants out there, especially round leaf mallow. And, you know, some of the other weeds, anything, any of our perennials or our winter annuals that, that had a good start in the fall because we did get some moisture late in the fall. And so we're seeing lots of thistles and dandelions and, and that type of thing. Bi- biennial wormwood is another one that we've seen a lot of this year. Um, it's 
the name says biennial, but lots of times it, it acts like an annual weed. Um, so some of that may have germinated in the fall or it may have germinated um, quite early in the spring. And some of those weeds are pretty large by now as well. And Canada fleabane, we're starting to see quite a bit of Canada fleabane. And, you know, that's kind of one I've been got warning guys to be on the lookout for um, because it's really a problem weed elsewhere. Uh, not so much in Manitoba yet, but elsewhere it's really a problem. All right. Um, anything else to highlight here this week, Kim? Or? No, just keep an eye on things. If we've had a good run on spraying, just keep an eye on, you know, how those sprays are working, what worked well, what didn't. Do we have any weed escapes? You know, what's the reason? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to always be herbicide resistance, but that's the one thing that we're always watching for. So, you know, when we do, we want to evaluate how well our, our weed control program is working. And so depending on the chemistry that you're using, you know, with something like a Liberty, you'll see that very quickly, uh, how well it's worked. Uh, some of our, most of our other products, our systemic products take a little bit longer to, to work. But, you know, you can get a good idea, like when the, we've got really good growing conditions, we also have really good dying conditions for the weeds. So this is, uh, you know, the time to start evaluating, you know, go, about, go back a week later and then two weeks later and then, you know, three weeks and four weeks. Um, make sure, you know, you have a handle on how well that weed control program is working um, so, you know, it can be adjusted going forward. And, and again, if we do see some escapes, we need to start figuring out, okay, why are their escapes and what are some of the reasons that we could have some misses right now. That was Kim Brown-Livingston, weed specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Today, the federal government announced the finalized front of package labeling regulations, part of the Government of Canada's healthy eating strategy. In the finalized regulations, ground beef and pork are exempt from the requirement of having a front of package warning label. Health Canada had proposed regulations which would require ground beef and pork packages to carry a high in saturated fat warning label. Provincial seed progress sits at 93% complete. That's up 2% from last week. It's still behind the five-year average for week 25 when seeding was fully complete here in the province. Manitoba Agriculture's Dane Fraze has an update. We did see a small increase in seeding progress after the general June 20th seeding deadline, mostly in the southwest region. Uh, where there were larger amounts of unseeded acres, and uh, we're seeing those go into, in that area, go into annual crops, cereals, wheat, barley, or canola. Okay. But the remaining unseeded acres are likely to remain that way throughout the rest of the province. Um, there's huge amounts of unseeded acreage surrounding Lake Manitoba and into the northwestern interlake area, where they've been perpetually wet and waterlogged and still are unable to access uh, the field. So that will be a real challenge to get any green feed or any cover crop in there. Uh, prior to July 15th. Crops are advancing reasonably well, despite challenging environmental conditions, with notable exceptions in the northern interlake and surrounding Lake Manitoba West towards Riding Mountain. And Manitoba Agriculture says foliar insecticide applications for flea beetles in canola continue, although some canola is advancing through the more vulnerable stages. Flea beetle management has been challenging this year with some canola fields receiving multiple insecticide applications and some reseeding occurring. Control of grasshopper nymphs continues in some areas. There have been reports of seed corn maggot showing up in some areas that received excessive moisture. And the province of Manitoba is taking additional steps to manage and prevent the spread of chronic wasting disease. Maria Arlt is the acting director of the Fish and Wildlife Branch of natural resources and northern development. CWD is continuing to spread in Saskatchewan within both white-tailed deer and mule deer populations, and we are seeing increased disease prevalence in Saskatchewan. 
In addition, mule deer and white-tailed deer have tested positive for chronic wasting disease in Minnesota and North Dakota near the Manitoba border. Last fall, chronic wasting disease was detected for the first time in Manitoba in five mule deer bucks near the south and the western borders of Manitoba. Following this initial detection of chronic wasting disease, Manitoba took immediate management actions to help address the situation. But now, additional, longer-term measures are needed to prevent any further spread. As a result, the Harvested Deer Mandatory Sample Submission Zone has been expanded and a strictly regulated and managed mule deer hunting season established in defined areas along the western and southern borders of Manitoba. All hunters in the expanded mandatory sample submission area will be required to provide samples of their harvested white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, and moose for CWD testing. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, June 30th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Leah Olson, President and CEO of the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute. The Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute will be closing its portage location at the end of July. I got more details from President and CEO Leah Olson. Pammy has uh, has been in existence since 1975, well known in the agriculture industry for, for testing and, um, you know, supporting the development of, of agriculture equipment. Um, what we've seen in the last 10 years is the organization is um, struggling financially. And um, so when we got into the pandemic, it revealed some really great ways that we could operate um, differently. Um, so as we look at sort of our business model and the great clients that we have, um, it was, you know, after careful consideration that management with the support of our board of directors decided to consolidate our physical footprint and to fundamentally change how we operate. Um, so what we will have is the majority of our Manitoba-based, Manitoba, or Manitoba-based employees are going to be co-located with um, some other industry collaborators. And so those are going to be in Brandon, Portage the Prairie, and also in Winnipeg. And I can't say exactly who they are at this time because we're still working out some of those details. But the thinking is that, you know, what the pandemic revealed is that, you know, as long as we've got um, access to the key skills that, um, that are required to execute on projects, and as long as our clients have good communication with project managers and, and our team, um, that we can do work um, very effectively. And um, so what we're looking to do with co-locating employees with other industry leaders is to generate some new um, paths with some of those industry leaders in Manitoba and, um, and, and to see where that um, can and will take. If you could just talk a bit bit more about the history behind uh, PAMI. Uh, you know, PAMI is, um, was established and, and is established through legislation in Saskatchewan, and there's a good working relationship. I, I mean, I can't speak to the specifics of the relationship between the Manitoba and Saskatchewan government, um, but having our, our um, facility in, in Portage um, has provided you know, lots of mechanical testing um, in, in that area. Um, and so on our end, you know, our mission remains the same, um, and it's, you know, to really support the innovation of, you know, the agriculture, mining, and transportation industries. Um, in, in early 2020, I was brought on as the new president and CEO, and one of the first things that I, 
I did was work with our team as to identifying what are the core assets that we have, what are the core skills that our team has, and you know, let's focus in on some specific industries. So, you know, we looked at um, agriculture's in our main, so of course that one is going to remain. But then we looked at who have we done a lot of business with in the past, which industries are growing and sort of counter to perhaps what agriculture would be. So, you know, diversifying our revenues in addition to our skills. And so in transportation, particularly in Manitoba, is a very strong industry. And um, it's, uh, it's one that we anticipate will grow. Um, and so it was with that that we set up our strategic plan to focus in on uh, agriculture, mining, and transportation. And so as we look at the future for PAMI, um, it's really relevant or it's really dependent on where do we add value to our clients and, um, and, and staying, you know, kind of lock and step with our clients. Um, so we did some market research earlier this year through um, Nanos Research. And, um, you know, a lot of the work that we really pride ourselves on, the mechanical testing and design, um, is, and, and some of the field work that we do is, is really valued by clients. And so that gave us a good signal that, you know, we are important in the industry and that with that, um, the, the challenge to us became what's the business model in which we can deliver the services. Now, the, uh, the location in Saskatchewan, any changes uh, coming there? So we've adapted in, uh, in Humboldt already. Um, and, and so those changes occurred in early 2020 um, relative to the decrease in workload as a result of, of COVID. Um, what we're going to be doing in Humboldt is um, we're investing into our infrastructure, so not just the physical infrastructure, but also the, um, the uh, network that we've got, so from a, an IT perspective. And again, that offers the opportunity for us to have our good team um, members located um, you know, remotely um, but with the project work that we do, that there's still a requirement to physically, you know, either witness a, a test that is going on or to be a part of the team on site that's doing the fabrication or the, the modeling and to, to see that with um, other projects, um, ex- like the other people from the project team. Um, so, so the changes in Humboldt have, haven't been um, to the same degree as what we're seeing with you know, changing and consolidating the physical footprint of, of Portage. Um, but some of them have been a little more subtle over the, over the course of the last um, 26 to 28 months. That was Leah Olson. She's the president and CEO of the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute. PAMI will be closing its Portage location at the end of July. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Call 204-343-2061 for appointments or for more information. The Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School takes place July 5th to the 8th in Carmen at the University of Manitoba ENR Morrison Research Farm. Sessions take place from 8.30 until 3 daily. The cost is $175. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting a workshop entitled Health Check for Your Pasture and Soil on July 6th. 
The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. The Suras River Watershed District is holding its annual banquet July 7th at the Hartney Community Hall. Tickets are $50. And Seeds Canada is hosting its annual meeting July 11th through to the 14th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. Ducks Unlimited Canada protected over 12,000 acres in 2021-22 from future loss through long-term partnerships with Manitoba landowners. In addition, Ducks Unlimited collaborated with farmers to restore more than 5,600 acres of wetland and grassland habitat and provided the leadership and resources to convert over 185,000 acres of privately held lands into more diverse and sustainable ecosystems, exceeding its own targets. Mark Francis is Manager of Provincial Operations in Manitoba. We had a very successful year last year, um, um, either meeting or surpassing all of our habitat goals, and that includes um, securing grassland and wetland habitat, as well as um, restoring those habitats on on the landscape. These uh, have benefits far beyond waterfowl. Of course, of course, that's a, a focus for us, but um, and and always has been. But um, society recognizes the importance of wetlands and grasslands beyond that, and their ability to um, sequester carbon, which is a benefit for climate change, um, the biodiversity that comes with protecting and restoring those habitats and all the other ecological goods and services, including, you know, habitat for beneficial uh, insects, erosion control, filter and nutrients, those sorts of things. And Mark, just talk, uh, talk about, you know, where the funding comes from and, and just some of the programs that, uh, that are, um, you know, you partner with. Yeah, some of the, the newer funding that we're, we're using right now that was instrumental in, in us being able to, you know, surpass our, our uh, goals is um, the the conservation trust, a provincial uh, funding mechanism that um, for habitat uh, restoration. That's certainly been advantage as well as um, um, nature-based climate solutions funding from Environment and Climate Change Canada. Both both those two Canadian um, sources, one provincial, one federal, um, coming together to. Um, to provide match for each other and uh, along with some of our other funding sources um, have certainly um, given us the ability to, to accelerate our, our efforts. Talk about, uh, I guess, the new, uh, adding a new rangeland program here for, for Manitoba farmers. Yeah, um, we certainly recognize the importance of cattle producers on, on the landscape. So anytime, uh, we can either provide them with information or incentives to um, help keep them profitable in in the province. It's it's a good thing for for ducks. My some of my colleagues here, I, I know quite often uh, their favorite saying is, "Cows need grass and water, and ducks need grass and water." So anytime we can work with those producers in that industry, it's uh, it's beneficial for us. Anything else that you wanted to to highlight here? Um, I would just say that, you know, um, we have a, Ducks Unlimited has a long history of partnering with landowners and private producers and, and us being able to meet our goals is, um, you know, uh, just a tip of the hat of us being able to continue to do that and, and to have the cooperation of, of private producers. You know, um, our job is to find winning solutions that um, to provide landowners with alternatives to the other market signals they have that quite often 
result in habitat loss. So we, we, we like to listen to farmers to learn how their operations are changing, identify their concerns, and, and modify our habitat program so we find those winning win-win combinations and they can help their bottom line and, and protect the, our uh, resources here in Manitoba, that being uh, wetlands and grasslands are important to us all. That was Mark Francis, Manager of Provincial Operations in Manitoba for Ducks Unlimited Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says weed growth has been rapid in the last week with ample moisture and heat. Windy conditions have made spraying challenging, but for the most part, sprayers have been able to meet the demand. Spraying in wet fields meant leaving ruts and unsprayed areas that were too wet to get to. Product shortages have added to the challenging conditions. Weeds that seem to be everywhere this year include roundleaf mallow, Canada fleabane, prickly lettuce, biennial wormwood, thistles, and dandelions. Crops in the southern belt of Manitoba are reasonably well advanced. That from Manitoba Agriculture's Dane Frase, who offered this crop update. Corn and, and spring cereals look quite good. They're fairly uniform. Starting to see those sp- earliest spring wheat fields reach that flag leaf stage. So farmers are now considering and, and getting ready for a fungicide application, either on flag leaf or for fusarium head blight. Canola's had a bit of a rougher go. Depends on what pocket you were in. Flea beetles were extremely bad this year, and uh, the seed treatments uh, weren't enough to combat the extreme flea beetle feeding pressure, necessitating multiple over-the-top foliar insecticides. So those canola crops are slowly moving past that feeding damage. So we are seeing them cabbage in, and we do expect to see canola start starting to bloom by the end of this week and generally into the middle of next week. Overall, provincial seeding progress sits at 93% completion, up 2% from last week. That's still behind the five-year average for week 25 when seeding is fully complete in Manitoba. And Manitoba Natural Resources and Northern Development has announced two new management actions to help prevent the spread of chronic wasting disease. Maria Arlt, acting director of the Fish and Wildlife Branch, says these new measures will be in place along the western and southern borders of the province. First of all, Manitoba is establishing a strictly regulated and managed mule deer hunting season. And secondly, we are expanding the mandatory hunter harvest sample submission zone. All hunters in the expanded mandatory sample submission area will be required to provide samples of their harvested white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, and moose for chronic wasting disease testing. These samples will help us determine if there's any spread of CWD within this high-risk CWD zone. If a sample does test positive, hunters will be notified by the department. Additional details on new sample drop-off locations and any other related items will be announced in mid-August. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.